Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I can't believe you watched this whole movie and didn't realize that it was Bucky Barnes from Avengers. No one told me. How am I supposed to just know these things? By looking at him? To be he honest. He had a moustache. What does Bucky look like, though? You know? If he hasn't got a big arm and, like, weird hair. That's the only thing that tipped me off. Mm. If, he, if I walked beside him on the street, I would have no idea who he is. He could have been his best friend for five years. I wouldn't even know. Might have come up in conversation. Am I best friends with Bucky Barnes? Well, it's possible, isn't it? <laughs> Hello there. Welcome to I Only Like You. Like I, Tonya. Get it? Similar? Similar? They yeah. both feature the pronoun I. Mm-hmm. Okay. The film review podcast by I, Lonnie, <laughs> and... I, Sine. Yay, yeah. there you go. Boyfriend, girlfriend, pairing. If we would, we should be like the figure skaters at the Olympics. We could do it together. They're very sweet, aren't they? Are they? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, good on them. Anyway. Do you reckon that's inappropriate? I'm not saying that. <laughs> so, yes, this week we've seen I, Tonya, the Margot Robbie film, directed by an Australian, Craig Gillespie. It's all about Tonya Harding, which, to be fair, is a bit before our time. And it, before Margaret Robbie's time, she thought it was a true story until until after she was told it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> she thought I it meant, was when she read the script. I meant to say she read the script before realising, but by what I said was accurate still. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't know if it's just that, A, this was before my time, B, it was a big thing in America and we're in Australia, or C, I'm just generally not good at these kinds of things. I guess so. I, guess, I see where you're coming from. I feel like it was big at the time, but that doesn't necessarily get talked about every day since. Do you reckon if you went down the street then and stopped a random person over the age of 40? Mm. 50. Maths is difficult. Do you reckon they'd know who Tonya Harding was before this movie came out? I reckon there'd be a fair chance. I think it'd be like in 30 years our kids won't know who Anthony Scaramucci is. But we'll remember. Who? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing a bit. Which one? The dude in the White House who was there for like a week. Oh, well, come on. You can forgive me for not remembering him. He was there like. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think he was big and popular for a little bit, but right. not forever. Right, right, right. I was certainly going to be in history books, you know. I think the issue is you and I are on opposite ends of the spectrum <laughs> in that you remember everything ever and I am a goldfish. <laughs> If you've listened to all episodes, this is the time to realise that Sine is actually a goldfish. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> Inside scoop. <laughs> a scoop. Inside the fishbowl. It, no, it's not a bowl. It's a tank. It's and a fishbowl. People fish bowl. don't keep fish in bowl. That's only in the cartoons. 
be if called a fishbowl, though. It's no. an accurate way of describing it's what not, it's called. It's not because I would have friends and I wouldn't just be a lone <laughs> fish unless I was a Siamese fighting fish, and that's not the kind of fish that I would be because I said I was a goldfish. Okay. So I would have friends right. and a little castle and some little fake mm. leaves and rocks down the bottom. Funny Nemo, basically. I mean, he seems great. <laughs> Are we going to talk about Itonia? Yes, please. Based off true events, but in an interesting way, it sort of tells you straight up that it's not going to be accurate. And I respected the film for that. Yeah. Because I feel like you're never going to actually reveal what actually happened. It's all going to be someone's perspective of it, even if it's just the filmmaker's perspective. So why not go a bit crazy with it? I said that recently on one of our pods, didn't I? If you're going to tell a lie or tell a version of the truth, why not? Make it outlandish. Why not tell a good version, yeah. And admit you're doing it as you're doing it. Mm. I don't think it always works, though. Not that this is telling a lie, necessarily. It's telling a different version of the truth and letting you sort of pick what you want to pick. Ah, yeah. I don't... mm, If it was trying to present a here are the facts, you make up your own mind, Mm. it didn't do a good job of that. Because I feel like it was very heavily leaned to the fact that she didn't do it performance-wise and, like, it was very flattering of her, I thought. What about the bit where she shot at him? Well, yeah, but she turned to the camera and said that's not true. I know, one bit, right? (laughs) Yeah. So it's almost like it made moves to suggest that but didn't really want to fully Yes. I think it's like, here's both things, but wink, wink, you know what this is. But is that, I know, is that consistent with her public well, thing, maybe. Because she's, she's always suggesting, well, she admitted in court, didn't she, that she knew about the letters and she knew some stuff, but she said she never condoned or wanted them to actually hurt her and she said they were friends and stuff. So, Well, the thing is that they said it had the title at the beginning that said it was based on wildly inconsistent interviews. Yeah. And then if you're basing your film off inconsistent interviews, some of those inconsistencies are going to into your plot and your own narrative. So in that regard, I think it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just, I am not as enamoured by it as everybody else. Margot's great. I love her. I feel like we would be best friends if she didn't look like a goddess and I wasn't a little Fish. tiny lady. And... <laughs> Maybe it's because I had no idea who this person was mm. that I didn't have, like, uh, I don't know. I'd heard about her, but I hadn't, like, I would have told you that she had actually attacked somebody because I just knew the mm. bare bones of the story. And once I knew this film was coming out, I didn't read anything about it because I wanted the film to inform me. So yeah. So you think if you knew more about her, you'd like it more? Is that what you're trying to say? I think I give different perspective. needed a base mm. level of understanding about who she was and what happened in order to appreciate the take that the film was doing on that. I've got an idea. What if it was like in 30 years or so and it's a movie about Chappelle Corby for the Australian listeners? Yeah. Maybe that would be more accurate or more similar. Yeah. I get what you mean. Mm. Yeah. Because I don't feel like she'll be popular forever. No. Not to suggest, you know, the criminals and whatever, that, that part of it. But, yeah. 
popular person who is controversial, but we all kind of know her story if you grew up with it. Yeah. 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 Hmm, interesting. I think at the time of recording, we're not sure about the Oscars, so Alice and Jenny probably going to win. Is it deserving, though? I mean, she's great, don't get me wrong, but I feel like the the role, she was just being the role. I don't think she really transcended that role of a mean mum. I know what you as mean, As if we're yeah. supposed to think that. I think the character was quite one-dimensional. That's what I'm trying to say, yeah. yeah. Is it just sort of her career Oscar, perhaps? Probably, and, and like, can't be mad at that. Don't get me wrong, she's wonderful in the role, but... I'm pretty sure that she'll win... She's won all the all ones leading up to it, and yeah, probably great, has won by the time we upload this. Yeah. So. Um, but is she like? Is it because we can? Because she's such a great comic actor, we can laugh at her being abusive because she's not a very nice character. No. Not that you have to be a nice character to be a award, win an award, but some of that stuff. Yeah. Do you think it was doing the sort of poverty porn as people have suggested? Yeah, I making fun of these people for being white trash. I think it did a pretty good job of um, showing how Tonya especially was sort of not treated as seriously by the judges because she was poor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if they're like, look at this person, she was poor, how silly. I think the film was more like, look at this person who's poor but trying her best and look at how everyone's holding that against her mm. for a whole career. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. Is the film trying to have it both ways, though, by holding her up as an example of working hard and pulling yourself up from your bootstraps, but then also making fun of her a little bit by having some of the those violent scenes and the white trash scenes that we're supposed to laugh at her? I didn't feel like I was supposed to laugh at her. I actually thought it was giving more, more depth to her character mm-hmm. and you could understand why she behaved in certain ways growing up with a mother like that and why, you know... I think it added, I think it was like in spite of this, in spite yeah. of her upbringing and having a horrible mother, she became an exceptional athlete. I agree. I haven't really had the same reading as some people who suggested that the film is making fun of them or laughing at them for being poor. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get that. But maybe I'm just putting my own opinions on the film rather than accepting what the film is saying. I feel like if it was done, like I'm just thinking about when she goes into competitions and you see her other competitors in beautiful gowns and everything, we know that that's not what they are and that those secondary characters are kind of seen like, oh, they've got everything, they've got it much easier. I think if it was reversed, if the story was told from a rich person's perspective and then Tonya turned up in a ratty thing and we were all laughing at her, that would be different. But because it's mm. from yeah, their family's perspective. She's the hero. So Yeah, um. I I don't know how you can – I was going to say I don't know how you can laugh at your hero, but that's not what I mean. I just mean like um, I think the film takes its subject seriously and in order to do that they have to, to – just to laugh at her would be an easy thing and push it away. And if you were going to laugh at her, I don't think you'd include some of the more difficult moments about her mum being abusive. I think you just have her, you know – You'd show different scenes, right? You'd show her not being able to find a word in a conversation or you'd show her, um, I don't know, her dress falling apart because she handmade it and and the other girls got them custom made or something. Yeah, I no, I don't, I really disagree with the reading of that and I don't know that 
that's what the film was trying to do. But I liked the pieces to camera. I think it added an, a nice dimension to it and also it helped with the whole interview snippets as well. Um, yeah, like mock- – oh, you mean the actual like – Within breaking, the narrative, breaking, breaking the fourth wall, yeah. yeah. But they're also – they were interview mockumentary style. Yeah, yeah. Now. So I mean specifically the breaking the fourth wall when they're mm. in character mm-hmm. in the moment. I liked that, but then I was so confused that we'd act a whole scene and then be like, this never happened. And I'm like, well, I can't put that out of my mind now, though, which is the point. Well, there are scenes in The Crown which we know didn't happen, but it's not like mm. the Queen turns to the camera and is like, this didn't happen, by the way. Yeah, so perhaps this film's being more truthful than other shows that play hard and loose with the truth. Yeah, it's true. But I see where you're coming from. I feel like we should have done it more. Did it once or twice in the first half hour, yeah. but never again. yeah. It was inter- it was funny when um, the mum Alison Jenny was like, "Oh, I'm getting cut out of the story now, aren't I?" Mm. That was <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah, I kind of felt really sad at the end of this movie. Well, she had a sad life, didn't she? No, even no matter what the truth is, she couldn't do what she loved. That's a rough sentence, isn't it? Never to be able to skate again. But if you believe that she ordered a hit on. Another competitor. It's probably a light sentence. Well, yeah, I guess so. so. Yeah. Maybe because the film was saying, wink, she didn't do it, wink. Mm. I was like, this is outrageous. Yeah. The rest of her life she can't do what she loves. I just feel really sad that she's just living somewhere in America with a landscaping business. Just counting the days. Like, that's just so mm-hmm. sad. I just remember the bit at the end where she's in the boxing because that's all she can do in her career, and then the crowd is loving seeing her get beaten up. Yeah. And then it's aligned with the scenes where she's has done the triple axel, and they love her because she's the first American woman to ever do that. Yeah. I did like that comparison. Mm. I hated the ending of the film. It was so schmaltzy where she turns to the camera and she's like, I'm going to get up again, and it's all like, yeah. yeah. It was I, good, and then it's like... I know, it overdid too it too much. But it's what... The American public, and it's not very different down here in Australia, we love to hate somebody, we love to love somebody, and if they're mm. the same person, it doesn't really matter to us, does it? No. Especially now, internet culture, where we build someone up and then bring them down, milkshake duck them. They milkshake duck us, don't they? Uh, I don't know who does the milkshake ducking. I thought the internet <laughs> does. But I suppose they do it as well, in a, in a way. I feel like Bookshake Duck is more about someone, we build them up and then we realise two seconds later that, oh, they're actually not perfect. Mm, mm. Maybe it's a a group thing. We all Milkshake Duck each other. other. (laughs) (laughs) Something that really turned me off this film and I found it difficult to watch were, unfortunately, the skating bits because the CGI was so terrible. It was awful. It wasn't good. But I know that... Margot Robbie did do a lot of the skating and she actually hurt her back or something while she was filming. Yeah, she had an injury of some sort, didn't she? I appreciate all that. It's obvious they used to double in a lot of the spins when she was far away or close and her face and was hidden. Just her face on Yeah, that's body. what I don't like, when they, like, tracked her face on the body and it looks, the crowd in the background looks funny and it's obviously because they're sort of superimposed to fix the tracking. But mm. it was just so distracting. Like, it just needed another, well, I don't know. I'm not a CGI expert. I know. It needed something there. Yeah. And it's not 
I was just thinking like someone like Wes Anderson. Yeah. Totally different style of filmmaking. But when he has special effects, he makes them so... He um, goes so far the other way, doesn't he? He makes them so obviously they're fake that they actually work better because they work in that universe. And then he actually incorporates them into the narrative as well when they are kind yeah. of fake. Yeah. But I don't think that would have worked in this one. No. So you have to try to make it. As real as possible. Although they are going for a hyper-real kind of thing. Maybe they could have, you know. Mm. Yeah, maybe it could have worked. Broken the fourth wall a bit more or, I don't know, done something. Mm. It's interesting that they don't break the fourth wall and admit that the film is a film, that they're actors or anything. No. They break it in terms of the story. Yes, narratively. Mm. That would have been an interesting point I could have made in that assignment I wrote about breaking the fourth wall. It would have been, but... Too late. Too late. Or I'll go back in time <laughs> and include the movie that hasn't been made yet. But I was thinking, like, if if she had had uh, had the Wes Anderson style of CGI there, mm. and then she was like, "Oh, they wouldn't let Margot do this or something," but that wouldn't quite have worked because they never admitted that oh, she's an actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was more about the construction of the narrative, but that works as well. I just want to shout out to the best line reading of ever. Actually. You were going to say of 2018. But actually, I think it's the best ever. Wow. Paul uh, Walter Hauser, who plays Sean, the bodyguard slash international terrorism expert. Oh, who knows? Who knows what that's all about? Of um, Tony's boyfriend. And he is the person who organized the hit, potentially. Anyway, he talks about his friend, we shouldn't even name, Derek. (laughs) 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 It's just perfect. It's absolutely the best thing I've ever seen in my whole entire life. And that includes cats and dogs' faces. I can't believe. I really liked that they played some real footage at the end of the film. Mm. I really, really liked that because you know people are going to look it up anyway, so why not show her getting the triple axel and things like that. But that guy's interview, the real-life guy. Oh, so weird. It's like the first Trumpism thing. Where you're like, yep, yeah, I'm definitely a, an international spy, but you're not. No, yeah. but I am, though. I kind of am. But you're not. Like, what's going on in his head, huh? It's weird. We should go back and watch that whole 60 Minutes story. Yeah. See, actually. I don't want to, like, interrogate you here. Right. But a couple of weeks ago, when we reviewed The Disaster Artist, mm. you hated the fact that they played the real bit of the movie at the end, but you liked having a real bit. In this movie? What was no, different? No, no. I, in Disaster Artists, I didn't like that they reenacted scenes of the original film. But they played them side by side over the credits or in the credit sequence? I didn't see the need. We'd already seen the original, The Room. I didn't know why we needed to see a reenactment of James Franco in the exact same scene, which was seemingly just for fun amongst mm. like an inside joke that they could recreate this thing. Could you make the same point? I say saying it didn't add anything to the narrative, right? I'm saying that I'm saying a couple of things. A, it wasn't for the benefit of the film. The film had already mm. ended and it seemed like a little fun and inside joke that James Franco and his friends wanted to do to see if they could recreate it shot for shot. B, I don't know why we needed to see it because we were coming to Disaster Artist having already seen The Room and if not, why are you going to see the Disaster Artist? Well, I don't know if everyone's seen The Room, though. It's like a cult classic. It's not a worldwide classic. But I didn't need to see a reenactment of James Franco doing it. If I wanted to see it, I'd go watch the original scene. 
I, uh, yeah, I've got no problem. I, I, I'm trying to have a go at you or anything. I'm just saying, in this one, could you make some argument? Do we have to see Margot Robbie do the triple axel when we know she did it in real life? Do we have well, to? Well, yeah. No. Maybe we didn't. Like, isn't that the point of coming to see the movie, though, that you're going to see her? Why couldn't they have incorporated real footage into it? Why couldn't they have? I was questioning a few times on the news when the TV was in the background whether that was real footage that they used of her or whether it was Mm. filmed footage made to look old um, of Margot. But that could have been a cool way of doing it. Does it stray into, like, docudrama style then, though, if you've got her reenacting scenes and then having real footage as well? I think it might get confusing. But, yeah, you're totally right. That's definitely a choice they could have made. I kind of like how they people use all different media to tell a story and if that's incorporating some true things. I don't really understand how incorporating true footage is different to incorporating true events in your narrative. It's just what I mean is if you have some use. footage of her being, of her, the real Tonya, and then you've got some footage of Margot being her, then it becomes more like it's a docudrama where she is just reenacting scenes being her rather than a film based on true events where she is the Tonya. I get what you mean. Yeah. I think in your version you're thinking that it would happen more frequently than I'm thinking. I was thinking just a shot here or there, like oh, when she yeah. went for the triple axel, show her doing the triple axel or something. But then it's like is it getting confusing because in that shot she is Well no, her. because in my mind it would be very seamlessly put together. Oh yeah. So that no. you wouldn't really know until you looked it up later, I guess. I I, I totally see where you're coming from, but I'm but I'm wondering why that, that I'm I, Surmising that's probably why they did that. Yeah. So they're not confusing people and then it's like, is this a movie or is it a documentary now, you know? But then they're doing it anyway, aren't they? But I guess they've set their own terms up by having their well, own mock interviews and That's what I was just gonna yeah. say. They're they're reenacting the interviews. The pe- the actors playing the interviews are sitting exactly like how the people sat and having the same cadence as the people had. Mm. How is that not blurring the lines between Well, I think the interviews were their own dialogue, weren't they? They weren't word for word what was happening in those interviews in real life. Well, I don't know. So. Hmm. No, no right or wrong answers. I was just wondering why that was happening. I still maintain that in Disaster Artist that should have been a little special feature on the DVD rather than in the yes. movie. Yes, yes. But, you know. It's a cool thing to it see. Didn't kill oh, me. Look, look at James Franco and his friends reenacting this bit. That's cool. Yeah. But I was confused about why it was shown. Yes, it was in the credits, though. You didn't have to watch it if you didn't want to. It wasn't like they stopped the movie for 10 minutes to have this bit. I guess not. Yeah. But anyway. What rating will you give Itonia? How many uh, tri- triple axles out of... You know what? I'd probably give it a triple axle. Three out of five. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. I think it's worth another shot, though. Yeah, it it just didn't hold hold me. It didn't. I wasn't as enamored by it. But maybe that's because of my distance to the subject. Like, yeah, I, st- I went, I left the cinema thinking it's a really interesting story and she's an interesting person. So I guess the film was good in that sense. Well, I left the cinema wanting to know more about her. Yeah. So. So if it's done that, maybe it's done the right thing. But does that mean you didn't know enough about her in the movie though? Yeah, mm. it hundred percent does. Mm. And because it was a, a fiction, I was like, well, what bits really happened and what bits didn't? What actually happened? Yeah. Which is always the problem with films based on true events. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, well, with this specifically, we're never going to know whether she was directly or indirectly involved. Well, she was at least indirectly involved, but whether she was directly involved, which I understand why the film lent heavily on 
no, she didn't know what was happening, um, especially in Margot's performance where she's talking about something and the guy's talking about something else and she's got the FBI and she doesn't understand why they can't mm-hmm. say certain things. Like, it's definitely pushing that agenda. Um, but I was like, I don't know. I think I was left with more questions after the film going, okay, well, what actually happened? Who knew what when? Rather than, but then, you know, it's not the film's job to answer those questions necessarily. Not at all. And I think it'd be weird if the movie tried to tell us what exactly what to think. So mm. I wonder if the film should have been more inspired by this, but been a fictional retelling of it, mm. not have Tonya Harding's name or anything involved at all. Then they could have been free to tell their own story completely because they are kind of bound by certain things, aren't they? But they're not in certain other ways. They are, but I wonder if one of the reasons why they didn't was to give Tonya's story some light and credibility. I don't know. I'm very interested to see what a film, reshoot this film from Nancy Kerrigan's perspective. Mm -hmm. And I'd be very interested to see, I don't know, the little changes that they've made to make a side with Tonya. But then maybe that was good because everyone thought she was guilty anyway and maybe this film was like, hang on, maybe she wasn't. I don't know. Interesting thoughts, you know? I guess we'll never know about that, will we? I guess not. Okay. Well, thank you very much for listening. Heads up on all the podcast places that you can find us. You can find lots of other podcasts too of ours. And just generally, I'm sure, they can find lots of. Generally, <laughs> the podcasts are pretty big these days. I'm not sure if you know. Have that. you heard of them? Um... <laughs> Until next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.